0: Uh, today I want to start off by addressing some of our younger uh, folk here, our youth group members uh, in particular. feel like we've gotten closer as I went to the Six Flags with you guys. But if I had to ask our youth group members, without thinking too much about it, what is the worst part about being a student? What's the worst part about going to school? What would you say? Or sorry, we'll start off with the best. What's the best part of going to school? Best thing about going to school? And maybe some of our older members, you could think about it, like, what's the best part? What's the greatest memories you had about going to school, right? And I would, think, I would think that most of it will fall into the social aspect of school, whether it's being able to see your friends, even if it's just at school, or lunchtime, or extracurricular activities, or sports that you play, Right? All of the best parts of school is being with my peers, with my friends, hanging out, playing sports, eating lunch together. And then, going back to my previous question, if I had to ask you, without thinking too hard, what the worst part of going to school is, what would you say? And for all our, all our adults right now as well, what's the worst part of going to school for you? And I would say generally, maybe not all of us, but generally speaking, the worst part of school is studying. Doing homework, right? It falls into the studying category, and the worst of all will probably be taking tests. Oh, tests. We all hate tests, right? I think I'm in the ballpark here. Nobody likes tests. Nobody likes the stress of studying for it, the unknowingness of what will appear on these tests, the anxiety that it brings because you procrastinate in preparing for these tests. Right? We hate Tests. many of our YG is on the younger side but for those in high school I guess the ones in here are going to high school you not only have to take tests for your GPA and your final exams but as you get a little older you need to take your AP exams you got to take those dreaded awful SATs if they still do that it seems like every other year they change their minds on whether they're going to do it or not Life is just test after test after test. But I hate to break it to our young folks here, but tests do not end when you graduate from school. Right. Even in college, obviously, we take tests. Grad school, we take tests. And then we take certification exams for things that we want to pursue in our profession, whether it's uh, getting your law degree and passing the bar exam or whatnot. And I've met some people the past week who are getting certain certifications. But not only school-wise and studying-wise, but life, in essence, is filled with tests every day. Your job is a test. It's also a test to see if your boss knows that you're fit for it, if you're competent for it. Are you fit for a promotion? Are you carrying out your duties under the watchful eye of your supervisor? Life is a test. Are you living the correct life? Are you making the right choices? And as such, our Christian walk is the same then. Our walk with God is filled with tests along the way. The Bible tells us that Satan tempts us, but God tests us. Satan tempts us to weaken our faith and to break our relationship with God. And God tests us to, in fact, grow our faith and strengthen our relationship with God. So then whatever comes our way, whatever tests in life that we face, we need to be able to over- overcome and pass these tests. And to do so, we need to see God in them and focus on God alone and recognize that tests are given to us in life to strengthen us to be able to overcome what comes in the future as well. As we see in our text for today, Abraham was dealt a test, and one that seems impossible to pass. Verses 1 and 2 of our passage says, After these things, God tested Abraham, and said to Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. As we begin right out of the gate, it tells us in plain English, God tested Abraham. Then it should come to no surprise if God tests John or God tests Hannah or God tests any one of your, insert your name here, right? God's people before you have been tested in their faith. God's people after you will be tested in their faith. And that means God's people, all of you currently in this world, will be tested to grow your faith. You're not the only one who faces difficulties in life. You're not the only one who struggle with this and that. You're not the only one who suffer through things. Don't you know a Christian brother or sister who thinks they have the hardest life? Very, woe is me. I know people like that. Oh, why does bad things only happen to me? Pastor Charles, it happens to me too. Like, why me? Why me? Right. It's not true. We all face difficulties. We all face trials. We all face tests in life. And in these early verses, God sets the parameter for the test that Abraham must face. God instructs Abraham to take Isaac to the land of Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice on one of the mountains there And think about how Abraham must have felt when God told him to do this. And God doesn't just say, take your son, but God adds like characteristics, right? He adds lines like, take your son Isaac, your only son Isaac, whom you love, that Isaac. Right? Kind of stressing the point. Remember how much you love and care for this boy? Well, that's the guy, that's the child I want you to take to this mountain and sacrifice. To me. It adds a little weight to Abraham. It, it makes him probably think a little bit deeper of what's going on because this child is a special child, a son born to him at an old age, a son promised to him, but came to him when Abraham was a hundred years old. How loved this son must be. And yet God says, Take this only son of yours, who I promised to you, and go and sacrifice him on a mountain. You know, every week we bless our children and we see all these children come forth and we dismiss them into their own class. But I know, and maybe you also know, a lot of your friends our age who are married who have a hard time conceiving. I have a lot of friends who had a hard time conceiving. I had a friend who went through five rounds of IVF and every time they lost their child. And one time they told me, I finally stuck and, After six months, they lost their child. How devastating that must be. And finally, this past year, they were able to finally conceive and give birth to a beautiful daughter. Think about all the pain and suffering they went through for that, the thousands of dollars that paid to get what they wanted. And yet, if God came and said, offer this child, what would they think? And that's exactly what Abraham said was going through a hundred years of not being able to father a child. And once he gets that child, that gift from God, God says, now sacrifice and give it back to me. Any one of us would say, no, God, why, God? And we would question it. And yet, what does Abraham do? How does he react? He doesn't question God. He doesn't argue with God. He doesn't barter with God. He doesn't ask God why. And if you remember the story that happens a few chapters before, in Genesis 18, God tells Abraham that he's going to destroy the city of Sodom for their sin. And, uh, and uh, Abraham's nephew Lot lived in that city. Right? And at that time, when God told Abraham that he was going to do that, Abraham doesn't say, okay, do what you want, God. I trust you. No, he doesn't say that. What he does is he says, God, are you really going to destroy that city? What about the righteous people living in there? If 50 righteous people are living there, are you still going to destroy that city? And he begins to kind of talk to God about it, try to reason to God about it. And God says, well, if there's 50 righteous, then I will not destroy it. And Abraham goes, well, what if there's 45 righteous? The number gets lower and lower. But what I'm trying to say is, Abraham begins to intercede on Sodom's behalf. right? If this then will you relent from your anger, right? But rather here, in verse 3 of our passage, it says this, So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Look at what it says. Because God told him to do this, it says Abraham did it, right? Abraham didn't wait he didn't hesitate. In fact, our scripture tells us he woke up early. He woke up early to face the test right away. For us, if we have a test coming up, we hope it gets delayed. right? We hope it gets canceled. We hope that test never comes. We want to push it back as far as possible. But Abraham went immediately to face his challenge. Possibly the greatest challenge of our life. This already shows the face that he had that set him apart. Verse 4 continues to tell us about this, saying, On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Abraham had, Abraham had to think and wrestle with this thought of having to sacrifice his son for three days. This wasn't a, hey, climb the, the hill right behind you and set up an altar. It's a three They travel to get to the place where he needed to be. For those of us who have ever had uh, any medical work done, right, and like, oh, your test will be ready in a week, how do you feel? Or anything that you had to find out in a week or two, you stool over, you think about it, you worry about it, right? Like, oh, God, will it come out okay? I I hope it goes okay. But Abraham rose early and went Right away. Three days can seem short, but when we have to stool over something, when we have to think about something, it could seem like a lifetime. For us, tests can be over in an hour, it can be over in a day, in a week, or it could last an indefinite amount of time. But that doesn't change the fact that we need to stay strong throughout that process, that we need to trust in God throughout that process verses 5 to 8 tells us that abraham left the young men behind him and went up the mountain with his son the wood the fire and the knife in verse 5 he tells the men stay here with the donkey and i and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you perhaps he's saying this because he knows he will come back with his son but nevertheless he still makes this trek up with the boy and all the needed materials to offer a sacrifice. Verses 9-10 through through tells us that at the place God showed him, Abraham built the altar, laid the wood, bound his son, laid him on top of the wood, raised his knife to kill his son. Even through all of this, every step of the way, of the process of setting up the altar, having his son lie down on the altar, taking the knife out of his belt or whatever, and raising it up. The scriptures never tell us that Abraham questioned or thought or thought again or double thought or whatever. He just went through what he was called to do. It's funny. For us, like I said, we question all the time. We're different, right? Why this? Why God? Why me? Why now? Why not them? When will this be over? Abraham still carried on with his faith. But he stopped at the last possible second. Verses 11 to 12 read, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. I know you fear the Lord. You trust in him and know what he can do. You did not withhold even the most precious thing from you to God. You did not question or waver or give up at any moment when you had three days to do so. That is what's being said to Abraham. Abraham faced the greatest challenge, greatest test a person can possibly face. Give up the most precious thing you have, the most precious thing you own to God, and yet he passed with flying colors. If God came to you and said, what is the most precious thing to you? And you guys know in your heart of hearts what the most precious thing to you is. It can be like Abraham, your child. It can be. Your bank account, it can be your job, your family, whatever the case is, your strength, your whatever. If God says three days later, you have to give that up to me, how many of you would be like, okay, I trust you? It's not so easy, is it? It's not so easy. Are you trusting God, knowing that even if you have to go through with it, that God will continue to provide for you? Or are you failing your tests? Verse 13 and 14 conclude our text saying, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. In verse 8, when Isaac asked Abraham about the offering, where is it that Abraham responded, it will be provided. And in verses 13 and 14, God did provide a ram to take the place. And, God, and Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. Right? God does provide. God provides you the means to pass your test. God provides you your substitutes. Do you believe this? God does provide all of your needs. Just have faith in it because God provides ways for you to pass the test. God provides you the ways to pass the test. Think about what tests are, right? Tests are not there for you to fail. All tests are passable if you're prepared for the test. All the tests you have ever taken in life, which ones did you fail? If you're going back to school, thinking about school, right? The ones you failed, all the tests you failed at school are probably the ones you didn't prepare for. You didn't study for. You procrastinated. You just kind of left it behind. But all the tests you passed were the ones you studied for, the ones you went to class for, the ones you prepared the best that you could, right? Simple answer then is, once you study for the tests that you study for and prepare well for, you will pass. The ones you do not study for, the ones you do not prepare for, you will fail. So then, are you prepared to pass the test of life? Are you prepared to pass the test that God throws at you in life? I say tests are passable. So then even the tests that come up in your life, you can pass just like Abraham did in our text for today. You just need to be prepared. You just need to be prepared. The best way to prepare for a test is to know then what the test is about. What is the test going to be about? At school, we like teachers. That kind of tells us what the test is going to be on, right? Oh, you have a final exam coming up? It's only going to be on chapters 26 to 30. That's all you got to know. Like, Oh, great. Yeah, you narrowed it down. Thank you. That's all I'm going to study. Or if they say, oh, here's a, a list of 10 essay questions, just study this, uh, three of them will be on the test. Like, oh, even better. Right? When you know what the test is going to be on, if you, especially if you know the question that's going to be on the test, it's easier to handle, right? School tests are hard because you have so many different s- subjects to prepare for at one time. You have a whole line of information that you need to retain. But I'll let you know this. I'll let you know The test that God gives you. It's always gonna be the same test. It's the same test He gave Abraham. A test of your faith. That's it. You'll only get a test of your faith. That's it. So that means if you're prepared for it and if you have a strong faith, you'll be able to pass your test. Right? When you were in school, right, our high school students, I don't know what math you're doing right now, but if you're in algebra, Right now, you expect the test to be on what? Algebra. If you go in and the teacher gives you a page of calculus, you'll be like, what's this? Right? It doesn't make any sense. And God's the same way. He's not going to say, here's a test of this, but bam, sorry, I'll give you something else. No. Every test throughout all of our f- Christian faith has been a test of their faith. And that's why he, the book of Hebrews. There's a whole litany of people who had strong faith and was recommended, commended for. What test does God give to Abraham? A faith test. Do you believe, Abraham, that even though I'm telling you to give back to me the most precious thing that I gave to you, that I am still? a good God, that I am still your God, and I will provide and keep the promises I made for you. Do you have that faith, Abraham? Let's see. It's a test of faith. And how did Abraham pass his test? Well, he relied on his faith. You see? Faith that God would do what he promised to do. Even it was hard for him to see it himself, Even if it wasn't clear for him, he held on to the faith that he had in God that God would keep the promises that God made for him. So if it's not Isaac that's the promised son, perhaps it's some other son because God promised it to me. That kind of faith. Do you see God even when it's hard to see? Do you see even when it's hard to see? In our passage for today, sight is so important to see, right? All the parts in our passage for today, when it says, I shall tell you, when God says, I shall tell you, can also be translated into, I will show you, all right? So in verse 2, God says, on the mountains of which I shall tell you, it also can be translated, on one of the mountains of which I will show you. In verse 4, on the third day, it says, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw in verse 13, it says, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold. Right? A lot of seeing analogies here. But it doesn't end there. The Hebrew word for to see is this word, this verb, ra Raa." It can be translated into to see, but it can also be translated to to provide. Right? So when Abraham says in verse 8, God will provide, or in verse 14, the Lord will provide and it shall be provided. It all uses the same to see verb of ra'ah in those instances, to provide, right? Terence E. Fretham says this about the continual use of this verse to see. From a distance, Abraham sees the place where God told him to sacrifice Isaac. And then close up, he sees the ram provided at that very place. This process testifies to a progressively clearer seeing. Abraham places his trust in God seeing and that trust finally enables him to see the lamb that God has seen too. Seeing saves the son. What does this tell us? We need to work hard to see God in the midst of our trials. We need to see, ra'a, see God and know that God will see to it, ra'a, provide for us. It's the same word, that is faith. That's the faith we need. If you're ha- you having a hard time connecting the word to see what to provide, because in English it sounds so vastly different, right, seeing and providing, think about it this way. If you came to me said, Pastor Charles, I'm going through some major difficulties in life. And we talk about it together, and you share all your hardships, whatever it may be. It could be a relationship difficulty. You and your spouse is not getting along. You and your kids are not getting along. It could be financial difficulties. You're losing your jobs. Your stock market's crashing, whatever the case is. It can be physical illnesses that you have to deal with, spiritual illness, ailments that you have, mental disease, whatever the case is, right? I said, Pastor Charles, I'm going through so many. It's so hard in my life right now. I feel like, oh, This test is so much more than I can bear. And we pray together. I share the scripture with you. And as we part ways, I put my arm around you and I say, don't worry about it. God will see you through. God will see you through. God will see you through your troubles. What does that mean? Do you take it as literally God will see you? In your troubles and see you in your difficulties he's god he probably does see you but you'll take it as god will provide you the strength to overcome your troubles right if i say god will see you through you'll take that as god will provide me the strength i need to see myself through this trouble and that is how you're able to connect the verb to see and to provide to be the same word that is how Ra'a is also to see but also to provide In the test of faith, then, we need to not focus just on the test of self, not focus on the hardship itself, because if we focus on the hardship, that's where our strength, our stress, and anxiety comes, right? We're focusing on the difficulty, so we're filled with stress and anxiety. Rather, we're supposed to keep our focus on God. Even when it's hard to see, we need to believe that God is there, right? Remember what Jesus said when he appeared to his disciples, and Thomas, in particular, in John 20, 29, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. More blessed if you're able to believe, even if it's hard for you to witness and see it. Even when it's hard, know that God is there. God is in the midst of your trials. God has wet you to build your faith on it. Focus not on the test, but focus on God. Right? Don't focus on the, what's going to happen. Focus on God. John Piper once wrote that he, when he was battling cancer, we waste our cancer if we spend too much time reading about cancer and not enough time reading about God. What is he saying? Don't focus on the problem. Don't waste time trying to figure out the problem with your own strength. But stay in God. Stay in the Word because that is where your faith is. And that's the only way it can grow. If you focus on what you should be focusing on, which is our Heavenly Father. In our life, test then. All we can do to pass the test of God is to build our faith. And we can only continue to build it and grow it if we abide in Christ, if we stay connected to God. So whatever test that comes to you, I hope it brings you closer to God and makes you see God clear instead of turning you away from Him. Chris 6, a uh, Christian author says, When we feel drained and burdened, God wants us to cast our cares and burdens on Him. If we miss this opportunity to grow in our dependency on Him, We waste an opportunity for growth even if we are physically healed or get the job or pass the exam. God intends to root us more deeply in Christ so we will be more firmly planted for future storms. Tests that come our way is to grow us and help us and prepare us for things that could come later on in life. It's not about breaking us down but to help us grow to bear what can come In the future, grow your faith and trust in him. Put your hope, your faith in God, and he will see you through them. He will provide for you. In the verses following our passage, the angel of the Lord says that Abraham will be blessed. Genesis chapter 22, verses 17-18 says, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Here it talks about offspring. But in the first part, the earlier part of the passage, it talks about the multiplication of offspring, his many offsprings, right? Which is you and I, God's chosen people, the children of Abraham. But as it gets Towards the end, it talks about a single offspring, an offspring that will possess the gates of his enemies, an offspring that shall, that, that will bless the nations, right? And that is talking about Jesus. Right? God will help you pass your trials, trials that are meant to grow your faith. Your faith in what? In Jesus. That he truly is the Savior, that he truly did die and resurrect to save us, our God stopped Abraham from sacrificing his son, but our God did not stop himself from sacrificing his own son for our sake, that whoever believes in that attains eternal life. So if I had to ask you, how is your faith right now? How is it growing? Even in the midst of your trials, are you firmly rooted in God and focusing on God? Are you ever seeing to what God is providing? Tests are hard. Nobody wants to take them. Nobody wants to go through them. And yet we know we have to and that we will. Know the tests of life, the tests of faith. They're passable, especially if you're rooted in the one that you should have faith in. And with that knowledge, do not just focus on your hardship and your trial and test but focus on God, the one that will bring you out and bring you through it. Know that in life, we must have the occasional tests to grow us, to mold us, and to build us up. As I shared the past few weeks, as I said before you, have faith no matter what, because nothing can separate you from the love of God. Right? This should grow your faith. Have faith and share the gospel, no matter what the world says, because any movement backed by God backed by God, cannot be stopped. And you are backed by God. This knowledge should grow your faith. And today, when facing trials, do not just see the test at hand, but see God in it. That your faith, with the help of God, will help you overcome and pass the test before you. Focus on God throughout the trial, because that will help. And this should grow your faith. And by growing your faith, you should be able to handle whatever else comes to you in the future. So grow your faith so that you can handle whatever life throws at you and so that you can learn to pass the tests. Let's pray together. Holy Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for being our God. And Lord, right now, I truly lift up everyone who's going through a test in their life right now, Lord. Whatever it may be, it could be the literal test that we take at school. It could be tests of relationships with our friendships, our our spouse, our children, what have you, our parents. It could be a test that we face at work, and the work environment, and relating to coworkers, or or getting a promotion, or financial difficulties. It could be a test of our physical ailments. What is our physical body that's hurting? What is our mental? a strength that is lacking or may, maybe it's our spiritual uh, self that is hurting. Whatever tests that we are placing right now, Lord, I truly pray and hope that our brothers and sisters in here could put their faith in you and you alone, that they will turn away from the test at hand but look to you and know in your grace that you will save them and you will lift them up. And Lord, whatever we grow through, I pray, oh Lord, that will help them Go through what comes in the future as well continue to guide us lord father help us to uplift one another and thank you for being our god we love you in your son christ's name we pray amen